Welcome to another episode of About Mansfield. I'm Steve Casillo, broadcasting from the Silmark Studios. Colleen Daniel is here, as always, socially distancing from home, along with the About Mansfield news team. This is episode 57. We appreciate you being here. Coming up on this episode, Mansfield news and weather for the upcoming week. And don't forget the trivia question of the week for a $40 gift card to First Watch Cafe. Let's take a look at the stories we're covering this week. Amazon Distribution Center is coming to Mansfield. This week, the COVID-19 epidemic spread continues a second week of decline in Mansfield. Still bad, but moving in the right direction. Mayor Evans presents his first State of the City address. The race is on for City Council and School Board seats. Chamber of Commerce hands out local business awards. Ten-year-old needs no encore at District Spelling Bee. A new feature here on the podcast, A Moment with the Mayor. Alexa has our seven-day weather forecast, and Steve will talk in studio with author and Mansfield resident, Taronda Hillman. We are Mansfield's only source for news, talk, and information. This is About Mansfield. Hey Mansfield, did you know cannabis is legal in Texas? I'm Sonia Salazar, co-owner of Wise Wellness. As cannabis educators and advocates, we can answer any questions you have regarding hemp-derived CBD. Wise Wellness carries a variety of products, including oils, topicals, edibles, and pet products. We are located on FM 157 beside Mansfield Fun Jewelry. As a thank you to the About Mansfield podcast listeners, we are offering a buy one, get one free special on select products. Just mention the podcast at checkout. Follow us on social media for our latest updates. Search for Wise Wellness. That's Wise, W-Y-S-E, Wellness on Facebook and Instagram. See you soon. Did you know Southwestern Adventist University is located right in our backyard? With a small, safe campus, SWAU provides a Christ-centered learning environment with hands-on experiences and dedicated professors. For a limited time, local freshmen enrolling for fall 2021 will receive a stackable $3,000 scholarship. Interested in becoming a nurse? Earn your bachelor's in nursing at Southwestern Adventist University. Learn more at swau.edu. Your logo or emblem defines who you are, so why not show it off with custom printed shirts? I'm Dana Wood with Ohana Screen Printing. We are a custom screen printing company and can print your design or help you create a new design. While t-shirts are our specialty, we can print on all kinds of apparel such as masks, hoodies, bags, you name it. Ohana means family and that's exactly why we started Ohana Screen Printing, to bring our family and community together through creative expression. We look forward to adding you to our family. Rest assured that when you do business with Ohana Screen Printing, that your dollars stay local as we are a family-owned business based right here in Mansfield. If you're part of a business, organization, or sports team looking to make a visual presence, hit us up on Facebook or ohanascreenprinting.com. That's ohanascreenprinting.com. Hi, this is Mansfield Chamber of Commerce CEO Lori Williams, and you're listening to About Mansfield. Welcome back to About Mansfield. This portion of the news is brought to you by Ohana Screen Printing. We start with breaking news with an announcement from Mayor Michael Evans. Mansfield is going to be the home of the next Amazon Distribution Center. They're going to be located on about 220,000 square feet of property in our industrial park area. And uh, we're talking uh, about hundreds of jobs. Michael Evans speaking from the About Mansfield studios on Tuesday. Tuesday morning. The distribution center will be located in the industrial part of Mansfield next to Klein Tools on part of a 175-acre parcel of farmland that was purchased by the Mansfield Economic Development Corporation in 2017. 
The COVID-19 epidemic appears to be slowly declining, but remains prevalent in Mansfield. Roving science reporter Dennis Webb has the update. Dennis? Thank you, Steve. On Monday, January 25th, Tarrant County reported 5,733 Mansfieldians as having tested positive. 4,259 are estimated to have recovered, and 86 fellow citizens have died since the start. We had 369 new cases this past week, a second week of decline in this indicator. The county estimates that we now have 1,474 active cases in Mansfield, also lower than recent weeks. This is the number of fellow citizens who could pass the virus to another person if both are not taking protective measures. That's 1,474 fellow citizens. We had nine new deaths from the COVID-19 virus in Mansfield this past week, the same as a week before and below our record high of 15 two weeks before that. Ellis and Johnson counties are apparently not providing updates for their small parts of Mansfield as county staff is apparently busy standing up their vaccination project while continuing to do testing. Mansfield ISD reports 70 new staff cases and 79 new student cases in the last week. These numbers are similar if on the high end of what they were reporting before the holidays. An update and correction on the increased Mansfield Methodist Hospital beds last week. This week the bed counts went back down to where they were before last week's increase of 48 beds, suggesting that week's apparent increase was a database error, which happened. Currently, the hospital is 94% full and 60% of the full intensive care unit beds are COVID-19 patients. These are a bit lower than previous trend, a good thing. I apologize for this error. I had feared this kind of thing happening as I am getting this information third or fourth hand from the Centers for Disease Control as I can't find public data for this from the hospital, the county, or the state. All my other numbers come from directly from Tarrant County or the state of Texas. Looking at the county-wide numbers, Tarrant County averaged 2,187 new cases each day, the second week of falling numbers since the peak during the first week of January. Test positivity rate of the tests, what percentage are positive, has dropped to 23%, an improvement over previous weeks, but still suggesting there are a lot more people out there carrying the virus than are known. County-wide hospitalization with the virus has continued to slightly decline, with last week's average value of 1,000 418 citizens in a hospital bed with the virus. The county reported 166 deaths this past week, our new record high. Recently, I've been discussing a new epidemic indicator that Tarrant County has started reporting, R sub T, which is the effective reproduction number of the virus spread. Two weeks ago, it was 1.22. This week, it is estimated at 0.82, a very encouraging trend for our county, suggesting fewer people are catching the virus. Regarding vaccinations, Tarrant County reported over 22,000 citizens have been vaccinated this past week, and it was an increase over the week before, bringing the total to almost 86,000. Of these doses, 8,383 citizens have received the second shot. This is progress, but still represents just over 5% of Tarrant County's population has received their first shot, and around half a percent have the second shot. We've got a long way to go. 
The county recommends you sign up on their vaccination website, and when you're scheduled, go to one of the sites the county has established. My wife and I have signed up and are still waiting, starting our third week of waiting, for our appointments. County Judge Glenn Whitley encourages all citizens to get the vaccination and continues to request that we follow the recommended measures of masking, distancing, hand-washing, avoiding crowds, and stay home if you can. I'm told the numbers get a lot better. We are still under his emergency declaration. The good trends we see do not mean we are anywhere close to stopping the epidemic. From the Science Desk at About Mansfield, I'm Dennis Webb. Mayor Michael Levin spoke to Mansfield residents in his first State of the City address on Thursday about transition. Transition by way of growth in both new business and expansion in existing businesses. Transition in the addition of three new council members and transition in city services. So let's talk a little bit about what's coming. Uh, our library expansion is coming. Uh, our library community outreach program where we are actually taking the library to the people. And also, uh, you will continue to see park improvements. Uh, also, uh, we are building uh, the uh, information center for the Manhouse Museum. That's actually under construction now. For those individuals who have had any dealing with Daymire Road, we're gonna start constructing. We're finally going to start constructing Daymire Road. And we're opening up fire station number five, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, not only that, but uh, uh, we're working toward building our uh, police and fire training facility. Uh, we have got to continue uh, the revitalization effort and development of downtown. Evans concluded the address with goals for 2021, including a new vision statement, which will be debuted in March. The address was presented on Facebook by the Mansfield Area Chamber of Commerce. The race for three city council and school board seats has begun. Each of the three council incumbents, Mike Lehman, Casey Lewis, and Julie Short, have filed for re-election. As of this recording, they are unopposed. On the school board side of the ballot, process engineer Godson Onwabiko Jr. has filed to run against incumbent Michelle Newsom. Yolanda McPherson is looking to unseat Desiree Thomas, and there are currently four names on the ballot for place four, which was vacated early by Raul Gonzalez. If you have a desire to run for either city council or school board, the deadline to file is February 12th at 5 p.m. Election day is Saturday, May 1st. The Mansfield City Council met on Monday night, which leads us into a brand new feature here on the podcast called A Moment with the Mayor. And here in the studio is Mayor Michael Evans. I should mention, by the way, the following opinions are those of Michael Evans and may not reflect those of the Mansfield City Council. Hello, Mr. Mayor. Hello, Steve. How are you today? I am doing super. appreciate you being here. And we are going to see you uh, after every city council meeting. You're going to come here into the studio and and give us uh, some thoughts about some of the things that you covered and appreciate you uh, you thinking about us and and being a part of the uh, being a part of the podcast. Well, I definitely appreciate the invitation, and I just think that it's important uh, for um, the folks out there who are the stakeholders that that's the citizens, the residents of Mansfield. They need to know that I work for them. So let's get into the agenda of uh, Monday night's meeting, and one of the subcommittee reports talks about a possible new veterans memorial. Yes, that is the uh, public. Public memorial.
Memorial Subcommittee, and uh, our chairman is uh, Councilman Michael Lehman. And I'm excited about that committee because uh, what they have done is formed a uh, 501c3 uh, so that uh, we can raise dollars for the new Veterans Memorial. And that's going to be so important. So, Steve, you're going to hear more about that. And uh, the memorial will be located on... um, Parkland uh, here in Mansfield. And again, you'll, you'll get all of the information as time goes forward. But I really want people to know that in Mansfield, we care about uh, our veterans. And uh, this also was, was started uh, under the administration of uh, David Cook. And I just think that it is something that we'll continue to do. We'll press on and uh, we're, we're going to see something nice out there. One of the things that I would like to focus on in, in this, not only today, but in the, the series of, of having you here is how how do each of these agenda items affect the the average Mansfield resident and and one of the topics that came up during the public hearing was an ordinance setting forth for the standards and care of the recreations department's kids zone program how does that affect I, which there are a lot of families here in Mansfield there are and of course when we talk about kids zone we are dipping right into <laughs> we're dipping right into the family uh, spot there and and what's important about that is that parents will be able to um, uh, allow their young people, their, their children, to have a good time at the uh, Mac Center, the uh, Mansfield Activity Center, and uh, they'll be able to drop their, their young ones off, uh, say around four o'clock or so, and uh, just let them have a great time. And this is one of those services that uh, we offer uh, to uh, um, citizens here in Mansfield, Texas, and it's a good time. The, the, our young people absolutely love uh, the uh, Mac Center. And um, after this COVID pandemic, we're looking forward to opening those doors and just allowing those young people to have a great time in a safe space. Let's move on down to item uh, 16, which was a, a public hearing, second and final reading of an ordinance approving a change for single family residents. This is go- going to happen downtown, medical office, retail, personal service, artist studio, and an eating place. Talk about that. Well, look, we, we are expanding again uh, downtown. We, we want to make sure that uh, the downtown is a place where people can come and play, where they can have a, a great time. And uh, we're just we're just leaning in in regard to that commitment. Uh, that's going to be located on uh, 105 North First Avenue. And uh, just as is uh, mentioned, we're talking about a, a eating space and an art studio. I mean, you know, one, one thing that uh, people are going to learn about Mansfield is that we are cultured people, uh, so to speak. You know, when we're talking about fine arts. We're talking about uh, plays and, um, you know, it's going to broaden into a whole lot. One of the promises that we continue to make and we're going to keep is that we're going to make sure that that downtown uh, uh, venue is hopping. And our goal is every weekend. Speaking of downtown, and this falls under new business, is the discussion and possible action regarding the lot downtown and city property. Let's let's talk. Now, as a musician, this is of great interest to me. So let's 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 talk about that. The live outdoor theater, yes, sir, without a doubt. Uh, again, uh, COVID had had almost uh, pushed a pause button on the lot, and 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 all that can happen there. One of the things that we recognize is that 
uh, when when that space is 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 being utilized, then again that is one of those draws for the downtown area. And and of course, as we expand uh, the loss that's being built down there, you know, part two of the Bexley, all of that that's going on, we're going to have people there, foot traffic there. But we want to make sure that that the lot has live acts, that we have movies there. So uh, what we have agreed to do is to work closer uh, with the board that actually supervises uh, uh, the lot. And uh, we, we hope as a city, a unit to bring in more programming. And by that, uh, we, we're going to we're going to wrap arms, if you would, or connect arms. And we're going to we're going to make sure that uh, that's a place where folks can just go and have a good time and not if you would every other month. But we want to do something every week, Absolutely. Uh, every weekend there. So uh, uh, that's exciting. I've always believed that when you walk down or walk through downtown Mansfield, that you should hear a little country, you should hear a little jazz, you should hear a little R&B, maybe even a little hip hop, you know, but but the bottom line is, is that that's going. I believe in Shakespeare in the park, my friend. Uh, that should be a place where we can bring our, you know, our blankets uh, on, on a Sunday afternoon. And, and, and of course, in my case, you know, it's after church. But but uh, you go down there and just, you know, get your food downtown and just open it wide open. And uh, this is something we're offering not only to our citizens, our residents, but also to the people who own businesses there. You know, I said the other week in the State of the City address, you know, to, to our partners, our friends downtown. You know, get ready to adjust your hours because we're going to have a great time downtown. We want to pop in through midnight <laughs> every every weekend. That's what we want. Is there anything else on the agenda that you want to cover? I want to say this about the people that I, I get to serve with, our fellow council persons. And, uh, I, you know, I've always known that they had a heart uh, for Mansfield. And um, I can say again that um, I've, I've been I've been blessed again uh, to uh, work with individuals as with the school board and the Tarrant County College Board, work with people who have at their heart and their minds uh, the citizens first. So um, we're pressing toward that. And uh, it's just good to be a part of a good team. And Joe Smolinski and Shelly Lanners and that whole team, uh, uh, Nicolette Allen, all of them, they just do a fine job. And we're in really good hands, Steve. Mr. Mayor, I appreciate a moment with the mayor. I appreciate you coming on the podcast. We'll see you in two weeks. See you then, sir. The Chamber of Commerce announced the annual Business Awards on Friday, live on YouTube. Taking home the top honors were the Mansfield Police Department for Outstanding Large Business of the Year, Aleve Care Hospice for Outstanding Small Business of the Year, Realtor and Musician Lee Harbaugh was named Volunteer of the Year, Bethlehem Baptist Church was honored with the Community Service Award, and Flying Squirrel Coffee Company was named New Member of the Year. Congratulations to all of the nominees and the winners. Mansfield ISD's Best of the Best Spellers gathered at the Center for the Performing Arts on Friday morning for the annual District Spelling Bee. 38 contestants ranging from elementary to middle school were whittled down to one winner, 10-year-old Deanira Castillo from Asa Lowe Intermediate School, who currently is enrolled in MISD's online school, the Virtual Learning Academy. The winning word... 
Encore. No, not the Texas Electric Service Provider, but the French noun meaning a repeated or additional performance of an item at the end of a concert as called for by an audience. Castillo will advance to the Scripps Regional Spelling Bee. The winner of that event will represent the region in the Scripps National Spelling Bee in Washington, D.C. in June. Space Junk or Roaming Laboratory? Roving science reporter Dennis Webb answers your questions about the International Space Station. Thank you, Steve. We had a science question last week on the About Mansfield Facebook page. Gloria asks, I would truly like to know the International Space Station's purpose up there, besides being more junk that one day will fall on someone's home. Yes, more space trash. That's a good question. The short answer is each year, over decades, the United States Congress has decided it is in the national interest to build an operation a space station that we now call the International Space Station. This is the case for all federally funded projects. Their stated purpose of this expenditure is for the United States to be rightly seen as a global leader in human spaceflight by having Americans continuously living and working in space and doing useful research. There were always supporting purposes, and these changed over time. When it was first approved, the, the space station would be done by the U.S. with a few junior partners from Europe, Canada, and Japan, with each partner providing some components, and the U.S. would launch the components and their astronauts on the space shuttle, and each partner would have their citizens visit and get to use the facility. The Cold War was still on, and our nation saw the space station as a way to bind the free world together under U.S. leadership. Later, when the Soviet Union collapsed, there was an urgent national need to keep engineers of the Soviet space program from selling their skills to bad actor states like Iran, and the Congress approved a White House policy to spend NASA funding in the residual Russian space program on various partnerships to keep the rocket scientists in their jobs in Russia. Long story short, Russia, or rather their space program, was eventually invited to join the space station, and the program got a major new partner. It was an uncomfortable partnership all around, but it paid off for the U.S. when the space shuttles were grounded, and the only way to get to and from the station was on Russian Soyuz rockets. So Americans flew on Russian rockets. Another curious benefit, the American and Russian space programs had worked in competitive isolation, except for the reasonable amount of mutual spying on each other. And this new partnership required technical specialists on both sides to work together to hook the pieces together and develop engineering trust and deeper understanding of how each other solved the common problems of human spaceflight. Finally, in terms of additional purpose, every year the Congressional Budget Appropriation, our members of Congress look at the trends, increasing or decreasing, of federally funded jobs in their districts and states. When the program was approved, the nationwide contracts to build the space shuttle were declining, and there was political support for a new space program to keep a lot of these jobs. This is a factor in every congressional appropriation about all federally funded projects and the jobs they support. This is one reason why the U.S. has so many domestic military bases. It seems strange to say, but money on space programs is not spent in space. Rather, it is spent in congressional districts. This is part of the sausage making of federal appropriations. Gloria asks about space trash falling on someone's home. There's actually a plan for this. NASA does plans. The space station program maintains and updates a plan for safe disposal. The current plan is at the end of its life, the space station will be deorbited, which is using the space station's rocket engines to blast the retired facility into the Pacific Ocean when it is no longer useful. This is a thing we 
have done before, the floor of the Pacific Ocean is littered with charred fragments of other retired spacecraft. Our Congress appears to want to extend the International Space Station to 2030, though this may not be an urgent legislative priority this session. There's a lot more going on right now. A last note on this. Today there are seven humans living and working on the International Space Station. Three got there on a Russian Soyuz rocket, and four rode on Elon Musk's SpaceX Dragon capsule. Usually the tours of duty are about six months, and each departing crew is replaced by a fresh crew. If you want to see the International Space Station fly over your house, go to spotthestation.nasa.gov. Get to a little menu where you get to select United States, Texas, and Fort Worth, and it will give you predictions for when you can see it and where to look. This would be a useful hands-on science experiment for a kid. To pick a prediction, get out under the sky at the right time. As always, we welcome any science questions from listeners. Put your question in an email to info at aboutmansfield.com. From the Science Desk at About Mansfield, I'm Dennis Webb. Well, Colleen, this is usually the time when we ask Terry for his do-it-yourself home improvement advice. Terry Radswin is a bit under the weather this week. In the meantime, if you have a home improvement question, you can send an email to askterry at aboutmansfield.com. Again, that's askterry at aboutmansfield.com. Terry will be back next week to tackle another home improvement question. Tuesday is Groundhog Day. And if there was a groundhog, also known as a woodchuck, roaming around Rose Park, let's see if Mansfield Mitch would chuck wood or if he'll simply see his shadow for another six weeks of winter. Alexa? In Mansfield for the next seven days. Wednesday, 54 degrees and lots of sun. Thursday, 53 degrees and intermittent clouds. Friday, 63 degrees and mostly sunny weather. Saturday, 70 degrees and clouds with a chance of showers. Sunday, 62 degrees and lots of sun. Monday, 62 degrees and partly sunny weather. Tuesday should be beautiful weather for a woodchuck to chuck wood. The question is how much could a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck could chuck wood? According to Tarrant Regional Water District, Mansfield lawns still need no irrigation this week. That's right, keep those sprinklers off. Most lawns received a half inch or more of rain last week and a good soaking on Monday morning. Don't let the warmer temperatures and sunny skies over the next few days fool you as there's a good chance Mother Nature will soak your lawn again on Saturday. You can view a map of watering recommendations for North Texas at waterisawesome.com. Congratulations to Scott Bowman, who was the first person to email the correct answer to last week's trivia question. Who was the first African American to be elected to Mansfield City Council? According to The History of Mansfield, it was McClendon Moody who served 15 years on the Mansfield City Council. Because of his contributions to the city, Moody has not only one but two city parks named in his honor, McClendon Parks East and West. Mr. Moody passed away in 2018, but he will always be the first African-American to be elected to the Mansfield City Council. Scott has won a $40 gift card to First Watch Cafe. It is time right now for the highly coveted, wildly popular trivia question of the week. The first person to email the correct answer to trivia at aboutmansfield.com will receive $40 in brunch bucks to First Watch Cafe. They are located in the shops at Broad. First Watch is an award-winning breakfast 
brunch and lunch favorite that specializes in both traditional and innovative creations, all freshly prepared to order. Check them out on the web at firstwatch.com. Let's get to this week's question. Colleen? Well, Steve, according to the National Day of Calendar, Monday, February 1st is National Texas Day. This week's trivia question is, what is National Texas Day? Email your answer to trivia at aboutmansfield.com. Again, what is National Texas Day? Good luck, and thanks to Ryan at First Watch for the gift card. Coming up after the break, Steve will talk in studio with author and Mansfield resident Taronda Hillman. Stay with us. I'm Colleen Daniel, and this is About Mansfield. Hey, business owners. Have you thought about growing your business through social media but don't know where to start? Never fear. I'm Sonia Salazar, and Wise Media Group is here offering coaching for do-it-yourself social media marketing, or we can do it for you. We have packages for every budget. Wise Media Group specializes in organic Facebook and Instagram growth. Let's get Mansfield businesses connected in 2021. Give us a call for a free 30-minute consultation at 817 917- 913-2989. That's 817-913-2989. Or find us on social media at Wise Media Group. That's Wise, W-Y-S-E, Media Group on Facebook and Instagram. Wise Media Group, helping you make wise social media marketing decisions in 2021. Hey, it's Steve Casillo. I want to take a second to tell you about Podcast Mansfield Recording Studio. It's where we record and produce our weekly About Mansfield episodes. Podcast Mansfield is a full-service studio with recording, editing, mixing, and mastering capabilities, and can even help market your podcast. Podcast Mansfield is home to such great local shows, such as Ask Philip. The Face-Off Spot, and Daughter of the Other Woman, just to name a few, and handles post-production duties for remote clients, such as Coaching Through Chaos out of San Diego and Military Resource Radio from Detroit. So whether you're a hands-on person who just needs a place to record your podcast or need the help from concept to completion, Podcast Mansfield is there to help. Conveniently located on Heritage Parkway, just off of 287 in Mansfield. For more information on starting your podcast, or if you're looking Looking for a better place to record? Podcast Mansfield Recording Studio can be found on the internet at podcastmansfield.com. That's podcastmansfield.com. Introducing Cold Hammer Stills. What is Cold Hammer Stills? It's a 70 proof chocolate cappuccino liqueur that's been distilled six times with a balanced blend of coffee, light cinnamon, and cocoa to create an enticing, robust flavor. Here, try some. Oh my gosh, Becky, 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 come here. You have to try this. What the? This is so delicious. I've never had anything like this. I need to have some more of this. Find cold hammer stills. Find liqueurs at Total Wine and More or your favorite package store. Ask for it by name. Welcome back to another segment of About Mansfield. I'm Steve Casillo as we make the switch from news to talk. And in the studio today, we have an author. She's a Mansfield resident, so we will get into uh, talking about her book. And I want to read a little passage that I read this morning on... Amazon about the book. And it starts off with, your husband ain't shit. My guest heard her mother exclaim. She was 18 years old when she witnessed the pain and the anger her mother had unleashed in rage. 
From the time that she was 11 until the age of 18, my guest observed her mother's affair with a married man. She knew that her mother's love affair was wrong and vowed to never allow herself to be involved with a married man. My guest thought that by sticking to this promise, she would escape the curse. But she was wrong. For many years, she struggled to find herself in a successful relationship. But one day, she had an epiphany. And that explained why she couldn't maintain a healthy relationship. That epiphany revealed that she was the daughter of the other woman. And because of this, she never learned how to be a wife. My guest again is a Mansfield resident. She's a newly published author. She's an entrepreneur. She's a podcast host. She's a mother of two. She's a grandmother. She's a client of mine. But most importantly, she's my friend. Taronda Hillman, thank you, and, and it's an honor to have you on About Mansfield. Oh, Steve, thank you so much. That intro was amazing, and I am so thrilled and happy to call you my friend. We met a year ago. It's been about a year. About yeah. a year ago, and I can't say enough good things about you. You definitely influenced me, helped me. Had no idea what a podcast was about, but I knew I wanted to do one. And I went and met with you, and there the friendship bloomed. And I held your hand and and um, figuratively, yes. and 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 guided you right through. Now you are a podcast professional. Oh, yes, I am. Yes, you are. Well, you've done nine episodes. Yes, yes, you have, and you're about to to do your tenth uh, here soon. Mm-hmm. You've lived. You've lived a rough life. Yeah, it was very challenging. Where'd you grow up? I grew up in Kansas City, Kansas. We talked about there in the intro, uh, your mom had some not so nice words about... Actually, it was a phone conversation I overheard her having with the wife of the man that she had the affair with. And she called the wife... For the first time, she had never spoken with the wife. They'd been in the relationship for seven years, but he had left his wife for another woman while he was still in an affair with my mom. So she was devastated, and she picked up the phone and called his wife for the first time ever. I was 18 years old, and I heard her say to his wife, your husband ain't shit, and I knew that was wrong, and I went to the doorway of her room and said, Mommy, you can't do that. You can't call his wife. And she looked at me and she said, you're right. And growing up, what was your relationship like with with your mom? My mom was a very loving person. And she showered me with love the best she knew how. She always told me she loved me. It was always a verbal thing that she told me, but she also showed that she loved me. She smiled at me all the time. She hugged me. Hmm. She was a, a very loving person, but she had a lot of pain that stemmed from her childhood. And so in the book, I do point out that I'm not trying to make anyone a villain. I'm definitely not trying to make my mother a villain for her choice in being involved with a married man. And I am i don't even want to make him a villain because I'm sure he did the things that he did based on his past. Mm-hmm. 
However, I did want to shed light on the effect it has on children when we observe those types of relationships. What was your life like before the affair? Let's talk about little Taronda. Little Taronda was a happy little kid. I did observe a lot of things that I shouldn't have observed. Mm -hmm. In the book, I do talk about my first time witnessing domestic violence. I was three years old when I witnessed my uncle beating his girlfriend. Mm -hmm. I talk about it in the book. And what's amazing is I had forgotten about that situation until I started writing the book and going into my past. And I said, wow, I witnessed this horrible event at the age of three. And I don't remember being consoled. Yeah, I may have been, but I don't remember my mother hugging me or holding me because she was busy trying to help the girlfriend. So that was a big part of my childhood was I saw a lot of domestic violence. And my mother, before the affair, she had relationships with, well, mainly one relationship she had was with a very, very abusive man. And I talk about that in the book. So at the age of six, five and six, I witnessed my mother being beaten on many occasions, and that went on for maybe five, six years before she walked away from that situation. Where's the father in all of this? My father? Yeah. My father was in my life somewhat. Mm-hmm. He, he and my mom were never married. Okay. They talked about getting married, but... That relationship was a little shaky, <laughs> I would say as well. So they never they never got married. So my father would come to my he would be at my birthday parties, giving me nice gifts. He bought my first bike. I remember that he bought my first bed. <laughs> you know, <laughs> okay. I remember those kinds of things. And and he, and he was there. However, he moved to another state. He moved to Michigan when I was probably six years old and, or maybe a little bit, he may have moved when I was around seven or eight. So in that period, you know, when he moved, I would only get the phone calls every now and then I would go and visit him Mm -hmm. for the summer, but it wasn't on a consistent basis. And again, his childhood, there was a lot of pain, a lot of things he went through, which I understand made him be the type of father that he was, but he did the best that he could. So at age 11, your mom starts a new relationship. Yes. Did you know he was married? Yes. (laughs) From the get-go? I did. Okay. And I knew because he lived across the street from my grandmother. Wow. And we were always at my grandmother's house. Every weekend, we were at my grandmother's house. That's where all the family came together and and hung out. And I knew his kids. We all all played together. He had four boys. And we all played together. The sad part is when the affair began, 
I knew about the affair, but his children did not. Okay. So I was made to keep the secret. From the age of 11, I'm making sure that I don't slip up and say, hey, when I saw your dad last night, oops, no, Uh-oh. I didn't see your dad. That wasn't your dad. <laughs> <laughs> but I was made to to keep the secret. And it wasn't that I was told by my mom or anyone, hey, don't tell. But it was something I knew I couldn't share. It, did that ever slip out that to the kids, the, the his kids, that... You knew something that they didn't? No, it did not. Taronda knew how to keep a secret. I knew. And how tough was that for someone who's 11, 12, 13 years old? I don't remember it being tough. Okay. I think I compartmentalized. I think that I, I left that part in a different place whenever I was around people that could not know. And I really loved the man that my mom was in an affair with. He treated me like a daughter. I was going to say, you mentioned on your podcast that he had somewhat of a father figure for you. And if I recall, he taught you how to drive? He taught me to drive. He took me to get my driver's license. He he was always there. I saw him probably every day. I think he would take time to come to see my mom every day. And he was very funny. He was a fun guy. And we would talk and laugh. And he was just very outgoing. And what was important, what really touched me was that he never abused my mother physically. He never yelled at my mother he was a happy person. Yeah. So I felt safe. I felt that my mom was safe because for many years, I felt like I had to protect my mom. When she was in the abusive relationship, when I was six years old, he would come home drunk. And that was the problem. He was an alcoholic and he would come home at night drunk and he would abuse my mom. I would be asleep in my bed and I would awake to hear my mother yelling and screaming my name to come help her. I was six years old. Oh, that's got to be heavy. Yeah. And I would go and run and I would stand in between them. I would. I remember going to stand in between them to try to keep him from, from hitting my mom. Yeah. And he would just pick me up and move me out of the way and continue to beat my mom. And it was, it was like living with a ticking time bomb because nothing would be going on. There would be, they wouldn't be arguing or anything like that. And then all of a sudden, he might just reach out and just hit my mom with his fist and knock her out cold. Ooh. For no, it would come from nowhere. And the next day, after and abuse happens, that next morning, my mom would come and wake me up with sunglasses on and send me off to school. With all the love in the world. With all the love in the world. As if nothing happened the night before. As if nothing happened the night before. The only thing that would be different would be the sunglasses. Yeah. The relationship that your mom had then with the married man lasted for seven years. Yes. How'd that relationship break up? Well, when he 
left his wife for the other woman, then he and my mom stopped seeing each other. So he also stopped seeing me. Hmm. By that time, I was 18 and I was working, going to school at night. I had a boyfriend and we ended up getting married when I was 19. And I think because of all of the trauma and things that I went through, that's why I moved so fast into starting an, a life of my own. And married at 19, you had your first child, Whitney. Whitney, age 20. Okay, okay. At age 20. <laughs> at age 20. And then your son? Devin came years later. Okay. Whitney was 13 when I had Devin, when Devin came oh, wow. on the scene. Yes, she was not happy about that at all. <laughs> <laughs> I've met them both. You you have two beautiful Beautiful kids. Thank you. They were on your podcast uh, probably about what three episodes ago, and and yes. had the pleasure of of sitting in the room with them yes. and, and listening to their stories. So let's talk about the book. How mm-hmm. did eventually this relationship that your mom had gone through you you came to this epiphany, as I mentioned in the yes. intro, that you are the daughter of the other woman. How did that epiphany come about? I was in a relationship with a young man. We were in the car. I don't know where we were going. And he his his cell phone rang. He answered the cell phone. And I remember I was very quiet. I was trying to remain quiet while he was taking the phone call, which most people, out of respect, you're quiet while someone is on the phone. However, it was... Something was strange. Something was different about how quiet I was. It was as if I didn't want the other person on the other end of the phone to know I was there. And I I sat there and I thought to myself, why am I behaving in this way? And whenever you send a question to the universe or to God, whatever you call that, the higher power, when I, when I sent that question, it immediately came back to me that you're behaving this way because you are the daughter of the other woman. You never learned to be the wife. You only learned to be the other woman, the secret. There in the car, you're with a gentleman. He's on the phone with... It may have so, been a brother or cousin. Oh, okay. Or, so it wasn't a. It wasn't his girlfriend. No, or, or spouse or. No, or, I was okay. his girlfriend. Okay. I never. I always made. The, I made the promise to myself that I would never get involved with a married man. And I'll tell you why I felt so heavy about that. And it's in the book. Shortly after the affair ended between my mom and the, the married man, my mother was went through some de- some depression. Mm-hmm. Three years later, my mom died. Oh. She died from breast cancer, but I knew that my mother died from a broken heart. And so I equated being involved with a married man to death. And because of that, I I made sure that I didn't become involved with a married man. That's still heavy. <laughs> yeah. 
how'd you turn your life around? What steps did you take? I mean, because you're a pretty solid woman right now. (laughs) It took many years. It took many years. When I had the epiphany, I didn't act on it right away. Mm -hmm. When I, I heard it and I said, wow, that makes sense. And I started playing back my previous relationships. And then it really all made sense. I paid attention to my actions, how I overcompensated, because that's what the other woman does. She overcompensates. And I did that in all of my relationships because I wanted them to know that I was there for them. There was no need to go anywhere else. I could do it all. I had all the answers. I had everything they needed. And of course, I couldn't keep that up. <laughs> and did, they, did these answers just come to you or did you go through therapy or or some go through leadership training, some go through therapy, some, some do yoga, some do how? <laughs> I didn't go through therapy. Okay. I, I did speak with a, a life coach a little bit. However... I just started reading and researching and learning about the conscious and the self-conscious. And that is what helped me to understand how your mind works. Now, it didn't just come to me all of a sudden like, hey, let me go pick up this book and read about what may be going on with me. I had a couple of awakening experiences, which I know might sound a little woo-woo to people, but it's real. It happened. And in one of the awakenings, my first, I don't want to go too deep into it because it is in the book. Mm -hmm. And I know some people might not get it, but it was a divine appointment, I would say, with, with God, where I was able to hear God's voice for the first time. What did he say to you? (laughs) I was driving in the car. I was on my way to pick up a friend. It was her 30th birthday, and we were going to go party. We were going to bar hop. And I get to her house. Before I get to her house, I hear this voice in my head. It's not an audible voice. Taronda. No, (laughs) it wasn't like that. It was in my voice or in my head. The voice said, I have a mission for you. And the mission was that I was to go to my friend's house and we were to pray. We were to then go to another friend's house and the three of us were to pray. Those were my instructions from God. I thought I was going crazy. I said, I'm not doing that because my friends are going to think I'm crazy We were supposed to go to the bar. We were supposed to go bar hop. We were supposed to drink, live it up. And I'm getting a message from God saying, you're to pray. And I was told that my life would never be the same if I did that. Prior to that, are you a spiritual person? I was not raised in the church. Okay. My mother taught me to pray. My mother taught me about Jesus. My family, we were all Christian. We were all raised as Christians. We didn't go to church every Sunday. We would go to church on Easter, (laughs) you know, Uh the important days. 
I knew about Christ. I knew about God, but I didn't really get it. I tried to go to church and I did go to church and I did join church as an adult Mm -hmm. and I learned more about God and about Jesus. So I would say I was a little spiritual, but nowhere near. Not a practitioner. Not a, not a real practitioner. Okay. So God spoke to you. Did you go to your friend's house and pray? Tearfully, yes. (laughs) (laughs) I went to her with tears in my eyes. I said, you're not going to believe this, but God spoke to me and said that we're supposed to pray. I'm not crazy. Please don't call the people (laughs) to have me committed. But she said, okay. And we prayed. We went, we got in the car and went to my other friend's house and we prayed there too. And my life was no, was not the same. I can't for a week, about a week, I heard God's voice mm-hmm. speaking to me, instructing me to do things. I couldn't eat. Mm-hmm. I couldn't sleep. I couldn't watch TV. I couldn't listen to the radio. All I could do was read the Bible, listen to gospel music, and write. It was the most beautiful feeling that I've ever felt. It was as if God was just everywhere with me. I could sense God's presence everywhere with me. And I thought that that was going to be the way my life would was was going to be forever. But that went on for about a week. And it was as if God was showing me the way. Yeah. And in this period, I was given visions of what my life would look like. I was told that I was going to, going to speak to a lot of people, that I was going to tell the truth about God and Jesus and love. I couldn't believe it. I, me? I, no. How could I speak to a lot of people? But that was the vision that I was shown. I didn't, I wasn't given the map on how I was going to get there, but I was shown the end. I wouldn't say not the end, like the end and then I'm dead, but but I was shown this vision. And yet here you are behind a microphone speaking to (laughs) hundreds of listeners. Yes. And do you think that's part of the the epiphany, the 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 conversation with God that that you were meant to speak to people whether you're sitting in a studio with one person but you are reaching hundreds if not thousands of people by way of not only through a podcast but publishing a book. Yes. Absolutely. I believe that this is all a part of it. Part of the grand scheme of things. A part of the grand scheme of things. We're talking with Mansfield resident and author of the book, Daughter of the Other Woman, Taronda Hillman. We're going to pick up part two of this interview next week. Stay with us. It gets better. 
Coming up next week on About Mansfield, it's Mansfield News, Talk, and Information, and we will finish our two-part in-studio conversation with author Taronda Hillman. The show will be released on Wednesday, February 3rd. Until then, don't forget to follow this podcast if you haven't already so you never miss an episode. It's free and it's easy. Enter your email address on our website, aboutmansfield.com. We never send you any spam, we promise. About Mansfield is recorded at Podcast Mansfield Recording Studio. Hosts, Steve Casillo and Colleen Daniel. Reporters, Stacey Main and Dennis Webb. City Council Recap, Casey Lewis. School Board Recap, Courtney Lackey-Wilson. Home Improvement Feature, Terry Radswin. Sports, Tommy Cummings. Post-production editing, mixing, and mastering, Steve Casillo. We appreciate you listening on behalf of the entire news team. I'm Steve Casillo, and this is About Mansfield.